Hello and welcome to the ETOF 21 Sports Podcast for Saturday, August 29th. My name is Eric, the man behind ETOF 21 Sports. You can find my work at ETOF 21 Sports on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok. We have a great show for you to get, guys. I'm going to talk about what's going on in the sports world. Unfortunately, the tragic events that happened in Kenosha. Off the post, Boston Sports is going to come by. We're going to talk a little NASCAR, talk a little Bruins. Talk a little Celtics. So we're going to dive right into it. So the NBA and NHL playoffs were put on hold because of the tragic shooting of a black man in the back seven times by Kenosha police. Then a 17-year-old white kid shows up with an AR-15. How the flying fuck, as a parent, do you let the kid walk out the house with a semi-automatic weapon? And then he shoots people, killing and injuring them, and walks right past the police. Police were right there. People were yelling that he shot somebody. He shot people. And the police just let him go right by. How the fuck does this happen? How? Then the police chief of Kenosha has the audacity to say, one of the most stupidest comments I've ever heard and shows what type of person he is. And I hope he gets thrown out of office because of this comment. And if he doesn't, it's on everyone in Kenosha to vote this dumb motherfucker out of office. He says, well, those people shouldn't be out past curfew. Well, dude, how about your cops don't shoot someone seven times in the back? And then when he's paralyzed, handcuff him to the bed. He's paralyzed. How the hell is he moving? I mean, the Kenosha police are awful. And that piece of shit, who is the police commission, the police chief, needs to be out of his position. It makes me sick that that's the leadership of Kenosha. And that's what happens. But when you step back and think about it, if a guy like that is in charge and he makes comments like that, obviously that is what's going to happen. So... It's sad. And I have friends, I have close friends that live in Kenosha, and I'm worried sick about them. One of them told me, like in the subdivision that he lives in, his neighbors are riding around in trucks with guns seeing if anyone comes into the neighborhood. You're telling me that's not going to escalate into something stupid with tragically people's lives being lost? I mean, you have people now carrying around guns who are already highly agitated because of the, the lockdown of COVID-19. This whole thing has disaster written all over it. And as a person, no matter what side you're on, you have to be worried about the future of this country with what's going on. You have to be worried because we're crumbling right now. The stuff that's happening right now in America, which is supposed to be like the leader of the world, is stuff that happens in third world countries, if you think about it. And it's happening right here. And jack fucking shit by the men in charge is being done about it. I personally, I live in the northern suburbs of Chicago. I'm about 20, 30 minutes away, depending how fast I'm driving and how um, the traffic is. And it makes me sick that this is happening. This close to where I live. Because 
of what is happening, the Lions on Tuesday, they boycotted practice. They didn't have practice because of the social injustice. So the Lions, even though the Bucks are getting a lot of the credit, the Lions, you know, actually kind of started the ball. Then on Thursday, the Milwaukee Bucks started the big movement that got a lot of the publicity because this did happen in their backyard as they are the closest team, professional team, to the Kenosha city limits. They refused to play the game versus the Magic, their playoff game when they're leading 5-1. The Magic refused the forfeit, so now the game has been rescheduled for today. And then the NBA players suspended every game, and they met and they had a vote to see what they wanted to do. And this brought attention to the main issue that's going on. I think it brought more attention because social media people are talking about it. The news is talking about it. And the NBA players are trying to get the owners. And let's face it, the owners are members of the Billionaire Boys Club. And who else is a member of the Billionaire Boys Club? We guys know, you guys know it, and I hate talking politics here, but the president is. So if one of those people, one of those owners, can get in the president's ear and we can start something, that is what I hope all this accomplished. Because I am sick, and I will tell you guys a personal story. I taught, played basketball growing up. I was good. Um, people I played with, they made it. They made it to the NBA. And... One of my friends who made it to the NBA, he asked that I don't tell his name. He was out here in Chicago visiting me. And we were at my place. And we were going to, going to the gym early in the morning. He had an early flight. So, um, you know, he wanted to go to the gym before he took off, which I get. You know, I like to work out early, too. So, um, you know, we go down to my car. We go to take off. And he's like, oh, I, shit, I forgot my phone. So he goes running back through the garage into my place because the, the garage door is open. So he goes and he gets his phone. He's like coming, running back. I'm hovering right there. Now, when that is going on in the, my little subdivision, what happens? A cop car turns down the subdivision to do a, like his route or whatever. He sees my friend, who happens to be a black guy, running to my car. Immediately, the lights go on. And we had to explain to him what happened. That conversation took 45 minutes with us out of the car, sitting down on the curb. Why? Shouldn't I just have to pull out my license and be like, hey, this is where I live? Or I walk in, I'm like, hey, why am I breaking into a place where it has all these photos of me up? And right there... That was another time when I saw the racism in America. And I played AAU basketball. I was the only white person on my team. And those guys that I consider lifelong friends, I still talk to the ones that are still alive. Um, and to see what those guys would go through being called when we were going to play or the stories they tell me is sickening. And it really opened up my eyes at a young age to the problems in America. And when you look back at it, 
yesterday was Jackie Robinson Day and the stuff that Jackie Robinson went through, players are still going through today. And that speaks to how, as a country, we haven't grown. We haven't made ourselves better. And I'm just really sick. And, I mean, this is a critical time in our society. So any of you that aren't registered to vote or aren't planning to vote, your vote matters this year. It matters every year. So please make sure we're going out to the road. Please. Please, please, please. I hate talking about this stuff, so about the politics and everything. I know I'm here to entertain you and not bring you guys down, so let's, let's, let's change subjects. Um, NHL, NBA are back today. NBA, you know, plus 45.59 U's. NHL, plus 75.203 U's. So make sure you're following all my plays. Like I have always said, they're posted on Twitter and Instagram for free. Um, right now, the plan is when NFL starts, that's when memberships will start going on. And it's pretty simple. Like, I really don't know what I'm going to do yet, if that's going to be the case or not. Back in March, when COVID hit, I had to refund everyone that was a member because I wasn't going to be one of those guys that held on to people's money. I thought it was wrong of me having your guys' money and not being able to provide the service. That's not who I am. So I refunded an insane amount of money. I'm not even going to share it because it would make everybody sick. So I refunded that money because I wasn't doing work, rightfully so. And But it was a pain to make sure people confirmed it, you know, to go through all the records. And I just don't want to go through that again. And personally, I feel that we are going to get shut down again. And so that's why I'm kind of on the fence about starting up memberships again because I don't want to start stuff up and have to refund people because it's just a pain in the ass at the end of the day. Now, some of you guys DM me, hey, why are you even charging? Well, I'm charging because it's really simple. I have people that look at what I post and then they pass it off as their own. And I know like with the games that are being played, the, there's a high probability that, hey, there's going to be times when we have the same plays, us cappers, which I get and I understand. But when somebody has the same exact plays as me multiple days in a row, that's when it tells me that this person is stealing my shit. On top of that, when you have a person who normally plays heavy money line favorites, and then all of a sudden... They're playing the same, the dogs plays that I play because I'm a person that doesn't play anything over minus 120 juice. And they're the same dogs plays that I'm playing. I know you're stealing my shit. And I've had people that are doing it, these, these people that are trying to get people to buy it. I've had big companies do it. And I've called out the big company. And there was this nasty thing going back and forth. But it got sorted out of and I just don't like that shit when people steal my hard-earned work. Um, I will say this, though. My stress level with me just doing my own thing over this COVID time, when I'm not having to send out plays, the stress level's been a lot less. And that's actually been kind of nice. So, you know, that's why I'm kind of on the fence. I mean... 
I only limited myself to 25 people who for memberships just because that's all I really feel I can service with the messages that come in, sending out the plays and everything. And right now I have 25 people that are committed to me. And if that's the case, you know, it'll be us 25 because that way if one of my plays are getting out, I know one of the 25 is one of the people that is pushing out plays. Um, so now let's get into a couple gambling questions that were asked to me. Like I said, if you guys have any questions about how my mind works, because I know my mind works differently than other people's. And that is why I'm able to make money in this game. Feel free to DM me and I'll be happy to talk about them and tell you guys the thought process. When I say situation, people, I get a lot of DMs. What do you mean about situation? Explain situation. Okay. So... My number one and rule is play the number 1A, 1B, play the situation. So what do I mean about that? So let's say a team has, a, has an upset. A college, let's say South Carolina beats Alabama football, hypothetically. So that next week, I'm going to look to fade South Carolina depending on what the number is. If the, so that's what I'm kind of looking at when I say that. Or that pitcher from the White Sox who just pitched a no-hitter. I'm going to look to fade him next time out. Or another thing is, like, if a team plays LSU, I'll use South Carolina, then Alabama. Let's say that's their SEC schedule. I will look to fade them if, if they play LSU tight or be LSU. I will look to fade them in that South Carolina game because they have Alabama the next week, which is a playoff spot. Or a middle-of-the-road team, a Michigan State. Let's say Michigan State's going to be middle-of-the-road in, in Big Ten football. Michigan State has Michigan, and the week before they play Northwestern. I will take Northwestern the week before. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a top team. Or let's say a team has locked up a conference title in in college basketball or in the NBA has nothing to play for and they're playing a lesser team. I mean, that's what I'm going to kind of look for situational-wise. What is the team playing for? What is their next game? Just stuff like that. So when I say situation, that's one of the things I look at. Then after I look and see if the situation fits into something I like, I'll look at the number. If the number sucks, it'll just be a hard pass because... You don't want to chase numbers. So let's say you want to play, I'll use South Carolina again. Let's say South Carolina plays LSU, gets their asses kicked, and, no, sorry, let's play, say South Carolina plays LSU, and then their next game is against Alcorn State, and then they have Alabama. And against, oh, not, that would be a bit, against Texas A&M. And Texas A&M is a big favorite. Well, I'm not going to play that just because the number warrants me not playing that, if that makes sense. So, you know, if you guys have any questions on that, like I said, slide into my DMs. If you guys have any other gambling questions, let me know. I had someone DM me asking about international horse racing. I will try on this one. I will give it my best. But... I need to find a place where I can get programs. The thing right now is I have a place where I can get free programs for U.S. racing. And I don't know 
where I can get programs for international racing. And then also, I just don't like giving out stuff that I'm not personally betting on. And the thing with horse racing is you got to play the number again. So hypothetically, let's say I give out a horse, think of a horse, Nacho Papa. And he's a morning like 8 to 1, but he gets bet down to 5 to 2. I'm not going to take that bet. So with horse racing, it's kind of like you need to be in front of it watching it. And I hate giving out plays that I'm personally not playing. Everything that I post, I'm personally financially invested in. And few people on these social media platforms can't say that. But I'm actually one of them. And I just don't want to bullshit put a play out and then you guys play and it loses and I didn't play it. It makes the play more valuable to you guys as my clients or that look at my stuff if I'm actually playing it because I'm actually invested in it with you, if that makes sense. But, you know, I will try. Um, I don't get much sleep as is. Maybe one night I'm up late and I'm investing in Hong Kong or Australia racing. Um, So I will definitely look into that. If you guys have any questions or there are stuff you want to dive into, make sure you guys DM me. Um, Because I'm a real one. I'm not one of these bullshit guys that's just trying to steal money. I'm trying to actually help you guys make money. So, like I mentioned, we have a big weekend of sports. We have UFC, which I'll be posting my plays for later. We have MLB. I'll be posting. I have a couple plays, hopefully, if weather permits, that I like in MLB. We also have NBA NHL and NASCAR. So with that being said, I'd like to welcome Brandon from Off the Post Boston Sports back to the show. And we are going to talk some NASCAR, some Bruins hockey, and some Celtics basketball. Alright, so Brandon, welcome back to the show. How have you been, man? Doing good. How about yourself? You know, I got no complaints. You know, I mean the Swap of the heat hopefully is done in Chicago, and now we can get back to nice little seven degree weather. Um, so last time you're on, you told us about your e racing. Why don't you give us an update how your e racing is going, when your next race is, how all, how all that is going? It's been a drastic 180, and it's been for the good. I uh, completely overhauled my rig and uh, bought a new wheel, pedals, monitors, and I just got picked up. By, uh, by an actual team on iRacing called uh, Swag Motorsports Esports Racing Team. Oh, it's wow. the owner of uh, Swagsmith Rap, Raps and Graphics. And uh, right now, we just uh, we closed a big deal with Martinsville Speedway. We're going to be doing a televised race, or I should say broadcasted race right now, on LSR TV, which is on YouTube and Facebook, uh, September 27th. Uh, it's a thousand dollars to win. There'll be a hundred entries. There'll most likely be a couple uh, NASCAR drivers, either current or former ones, involved in it. But uh, the cool thing is, we have sponsorship involved now in Martinsville Speedway in real life. The announcers at that track have agreed to announce our, our announce our race and actually have it broadcasted on a platform. Oh wow, so, that's uh, that's awesome, man. Yeah, we uh picked up a super late model series that we run every Wednesday night at 8. Um, it can be on my Twitch on BostonBoy83 or again LSR TV on YouTube. Uh, a lot of big stuff going on so it's I'm blessed. It feels good. It finally feels a couple years that I've invested time and money 
into a simulator is finally starting to pay off and having backing from a sponsor and teammates now is uh is awesome dude that's awesome man i'm i'm happy for you i didn't know this before you hopped on man congratulations on the sponsorship and on the new team dude thank you i appreciate it i mean there's nothing more rewarding in life when hard work you pays off and you see the fruits of your labor so that's happy for i'm happy for you man congratulations Thank you. And agreed, when it comes to a simulator, you know, it's just like anything else. People haven't fully understood what eSports is really about. You see it on TV. It's stuff you can actually bet on now. But people still look at it as, oh, you play a video game. But now that the platform is growing, COVID has made a big impact on it since nobody can go anywhere or do anything. But uh, it's cool to see this thing coming around. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Um, So Daytona is... F- Tonight, the Coca-Cola 600, 100, sorry, the Coca-Cola 400 from Daytona. Daytona is always one of the trickiest places to bet. For this race tonight, what is your strategy? My strategy, I want to get a return on investment when it comes to tonight. So if you look at the odds, I mean, your top guy is Denny Hamlin at $5.50 to 1. Yeah, you can throw a good chunk of money on him, but the problem with Daytona is you are going to get the big one. You're either going to get multiple big ones, one big one. It's going to happen in the middle, the back, the front. It will happen. It's known. It, it doesn't just go away and they run clean. Um, so I like to go on the guys that aren't expected to win, like a Matt Benedetto or even a Ryan Newman, somebody that almost died earlier this year at Daytona. What a story that would be with a guy that's 30-1 to 1 odds going from almost tragically dying in a race to winning and getting into the playoff. Yeah. This is the final race before the playoffs, so you're going to see a lot of urgency throughout the entire race. Yeah, that's a good point. And like you said about the, the crash, I had Dinger last night, 9-1, to one, and his own teammate took him out in the final lap to lead to that's Haley right. cashing. So, I mean, there's always that big wreck, and you never know what crazy stuff can happen in, at Daytona under the lights. Um, so you mentioned Newman is screaming value. What about like someone like Ty Dillon or um, Bubba Wallace? Like one of those, like I don't want to use the term tier three, but I'll use the term tier three drivers. Any any one of those guys scream value to you or anything? The, their value is huge because, again, we're, we're focused at a track like this. You can't go off of past experience. You can't go off of that stuff due to the wreck. But somebody like Ty, he usually rides in the back all race, every race. That's just where he is. If he doesn't get involved in that big one because he's riding in the back, then you have him there at the end. Yep. I mean, I had uh, last night – oh, it's going to draw a blank on me. I had uh, – Riley Herbs at I think it was forty four to one, and he was running in sixth place when that wreck happened. I think he ended up third or fourth. But to your point, those value guys are nice, and the fact is you don't have to invest a lot of money to have an opportunity with them. Yes. Now, if we went to your average mile and a half track, I'm going to take who is good in mile and a halfs, and they're going to be five to one, six to one, seven to one. But I'll invest in them because they dominate those tracks here. The only thing I always focus on with Daytona is Hendrick Motorsports, mm. period. Junior did well for years. Gordon's always done well at super speedways. Hendricks has always had cars that perform at that track. And you have two drivers that are racing their way into the chase. 
on Hendrick Motorsports, and that's William Byron and Jimmy Johnson. Both of them need points, so they're going to try and be up front for stage points at the end of each stage. And if they get to the end of the race and it comes down to where they have to win to get in, their value is not bad either because you have William Byron at 26 to 1, and then you have Jimmy Johnson at 16 to 1. Yep. And they basically either win to get in or hope that the other gets involved in a crash. And I mean, I would love to see Jimmy get in this being his final year into the playoffs just as like a swan song for him leaving. Um, I really, w- go I ahead, really I'm sorry. wish he could do one more year. Only And the only reason I say that, I hate he's not getting the farewell that Junior got, the yeah. farewell that Gordon got at each track with the fans, with everything involved, with COVID going on. I, I really wish he'd come out and say he's going to do one more year. I don't think he will, but I just hate that his career is going to end on such a, I don't want to use sour note, but just such a blah ending. Yeah, and I get the, um, I, I get what you're saying. I was lucky enough to be up at um, Milwaukee during for Kobe's last game. And, I mean, they gave him a huge send-off. So him not to get that, that's that's a good point. I yes. mean, I wouldn't mind him coming back at, at all. And we speak of value, I was lucky enough I locked him in. I think I got him twenty to one last night. So. Oh, that's awesome! Because as of right now, he's sixteen to one. So that was a huge grab by you. Um, and it, again, it goes any of these guys. If you're a betting person and you look at the standings, anybody outside looking in, usually you have tracks where certain teams don't do good because they don't have good equipment. This is a luck track. Avoid the wreck. Have somebody to work with, like Almond Digger did last night. But if you notice, you want to. Get a guy that has good teammates that can get him to the front. But when you come down to three or five to go, you don't have a teammate anymore. Period. Yeah, everything's out the window. Everything's yep. out the window. And what with you just said, Eric Jones maybe. What is Jonesy at, like 18, 19 to 1? He's at 22. 22. I mean, he needs to win to get in. And he's he needs a team for next year because he's on his way out. So, I mean... Something, something people don't look at with NASCAR. You win one race, one, just one race, a team looks at you. Yeah. It's not like it's not like other sports where a pitcher needs to win 17 games for somebody to want him or a closer needs to have 10 to 20 saves a year. NASCAR, you win a race, you're going to be looked at regardless. So and to your point, that might be another value pick for somebody to look at. Because, I mean, the, when when I look at stuff, one of the things that motivates all of us is money. And when you have these pro athletes that need to, in a contract, you're in fantasy sports. You know, and this is basically a contract race for Jones. He needs to put up something to try to extend his career. Absolutely. Um, now, are there any head-to-head matchups that, are, that, that you like going into tonight's race? Well, a lot of them, to me... They're, they're tight. Like, you have your Denny Hamlin, Kevin Harvick, complete toss-up. Brad Keselowski, Kevin Harvick. Like, they're all Kevin Harvick. You have Blaney and Harvick, uh, Joey and Harvick. So one thing I will say, Chase and Harvick. Uh, yeah, so you have a bunch of them with Harvick in. It, if, if you're somebody that wants to go out on a, a go out on a limb, you could take all the opposite head-to-heads to Harvick and do not pick Harvick. And if he were to wreck, you capitalize on five to six bets based off of one driver. Yep. Yep. Um, again, head-to-head's hard at Daytona because you don't know. Um, I had Noah Gregson last night. It seemed like he got through the wreck. He got a little bump on his left front. 
but it messed up his uh, his shocks on the left side. He had to pull it to the garage, so I lost a lot on him last night. Yeah, there's but, always that. It's like a toss-up there just because what, you get four or five wide, everyone's racing, and you figure in last race. People are going to be doing some crazy stuff toward the end of the race tonight. So head-to-head, one guy that's just standing out to me right now that's always in it in every single super speedway, and he takes chances, and a lot of times it costs him. But keep an eye on Ricky Stenhouse. Ricky Stenhouse is always involved and up front in trying to get there and doing a lot of stuff every super speedway. And I could only I could see someone like him that's outside looking in that does have the knowledge of a super speedway and the success that he has had for a majority of the race, not getting caught up in stuff. So as I'm going through the head to heads, I do like Ricky Stenhouse and head to heads. Okay. All right. Yeah, Stenhouse has always been great on the speedways, like you said. Um, one of the bets I started doing this year was best finish of a group bet. I've never really done that before. Are there any one of those that you like? Any numbers that are sticking out to you in those bets? I haven't focused on groups, but again, like when I uh, – that's top three, top five. Like group A. Denny Hamlin, Joey Logano, Brad Keselowski, Ryan Blaney. With this truly being a crap shot or shoot, I'm going to go with the higher odds. I'd take Ryan Blaney, who's who's known to do well at super speedways, mm-hmm. at three to one, compared to Keselowski at three to one, Joey at two fifty, and Hamlin at one seventy. I'm going to take the higher number there. So at a race like this, I don't mind putting money into the guy that's not expected to win the group. Yeah, because like you said before, stuff can happen on that last lap. Um, so group A, I, I like Blaney, Ryan Blaney. If you are going to do a group picking, I, I would have to side with Blaney. Now, speaking of Blaney, one of the bets that I am looking at that is screaming my name is Blaney plus 1,400 to win the driver championship at the end of the year. How do you feel about that one? I don't think he can do it. Okay. Um, I think there's so the types of tracks that we have coming up, he hasn't shown true dominance at mile and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard for me to steer away from Harvick and Hamlin. I mean, granted... I made a mistake. I did make a rookie a rookie gambling mistake. Uh, one night, I thought I was betting on a race, and I was actually betting on the driver championship. Because <laughs> when the race got over, it still said I had three or four live bets. But to your point, Ryan Blaney was one of my mistakes. So it might be something to where you come in. Because w- what are the odds for him right now? Did you already lock it in? Um, when I looked last night, they were fourteen to one. And I locked him in at twenty to one. So Vegas does like his value even more now rather than on June 9th when I placed that bet. Okay. All right. So the money is coming in. It's interesting. It is. Yes. So I personally, just from being from somebody that watches NASCAR on a weekly basis and does follow the sport religiously, um, I just don't think he has all in all what he needs to have to get it done. But at the same time, he's not a – if he were to win it, I'm not going to say I can't believe you won that crazy bet, if that makes sense. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I get it. Um, so now you're a huge Boston guy. Let's switch a little bit over to 
the two teams in Boston that are doing good, the Celtics and the Bruins. Um, Celtics have an intriguing second-round matchup against the Raptors. This right now is one of the playoff series I'm looking forward to the most. I think it's going to be an absolute dogfight. As a basketball fan, I'm going to love it. What are your thoughts about this series with the Celtics and the Raps? I'm scared. (laughs) As a fan, I'm scared. Uh, The fact that the Raptors have been able to do what they've done after they lost one of the top three players in the league Mm -hmm. is very, very impressive. Um, There has been talks throughout Boston. Uh, We'll find out either tonight or tomorrow that Jalen Brown is thinking about leaving the bubble. Oh, wow. I didn't hear that. to go protest uh if he wants to do something like that i support anything anybody wants to do with their personal life over any career choice period Mm -hmm. i don't care if it's sports related work related anything if you feel you're doing something for the right cause you need to be supported regardless of what it is because yes sports are awesome sports are great we love athletes but if it's something an athlete believes in then you need to support him for what he believes in exactly um there hasn't been anything confirmed by any means, but I have got a couple texts today, and then just to confirm it, something came out over, uh, I think it was WEI or 98.5, the sports hub, about Brown possibly leaving. Um, if that happens, then I'll be even more concerned because I don't think Tatum can continue to drop 30 a game and carry the team. You know what's going to happen. These guys have their down games. Mm-hmm. Um if we play anything like we did against the Sixers, I absolutely have full confidence that Boston can pull through. Uh, my only concern is the Sixers, the whole trust the process. There is no process. They were without Simmons. They were just a bad, bad basketball team. Yeah. Um, but, uh, let me ask you a question on Tat- about Tatum. Um, what do you see as Tatum's ceiling? Tatum, to me, like I would, I didn't, Felt he didn't take that big step forward last year, but this year he's been insane. He's been a great surprise to watch as a basketball fan. What do you kind of see as his ceiling? MVP, best player on a team that wins a championship. Where do you see like his ceiling at? I don't think he's he's MVP caliber yet, solely because of the candidates that he has to go up against. I also think that he he does carry a team to the fact where if you were to tell me Tatum is going to be out for their next game, then I'm, I'm not going to pull. I'm not, I'm not going to think the Bruins are going to earth the Bruins. The Celtics are going to win that game. Um, the biggest thing that I'm concerned about, you know, he's going to get his payday at the end of this year. Uh-huh. We've seen it through and through with many athletes that when they get their payday, you see how they do after that. Yep. So I would give you a true ceiling analysis midway or at the end of next season after he gets that big contract because we've seen it before i don't think it will be with him but we've seen it before where guys do finally get that paycheck then all of a sudden the work ethic's gone for a year or two yeah the work ethic's gone yeah or they're not pumping in 30 a game they're dropping 12 and 15 and again i don't see tatum as that guy but if you want a true ceiling i think we'd have to reevaluate that more towards the end of next year. That's a good point. That's a good point about his contract and seeing how much money was playing the factor to his motivation. I will say this. One of the best pictures I've seen going around the internet is the one with uh, Tatum and Kobe. And uh, the, the the thing, it shows 
with the words, Paul P- Paul Pierce told me to do this, and then Kobe's like, how many rings does Paul Pierce have? I mean, that's <laughs> one of my favorite memes going around the internet. I have, um, not, that. I have not seen that, but please send that to me. I definitely will. That's please. one of my favorite ones. I would ones. love to utilize that. I, I'm, I, growing up, my first ever Celtics jersey was a Paul Pierce jersey. Huge fan of him. But ever since he's gotten to the booth... <laughs> yeah, he's been a he's, little rough. Yeah, he says stuff that does not make any sense whatsoever. Um, one of the interesting matchups for me as a just a pure basketball fan is the Marcus Smart-Kyle Lowry matchup in this series just because I look at both those guys, they will pour gasoline on themselves and just run through hell to get a victory in a basketball game. I mean, those guys will take charges, they'll score points, argue with the refs, dive on the floor, take a charge. Anything that needs to be done, both those two will do. And I'm just, as a basketball fan, I'm just insanely looking forward to those two just going toe-to-toe. The things we got to focus on with that matchup is who's going to be able to keep their temper. Yep. Somebody's going to lose their temper. Somebody's going to get ejected. Somebody could possibly get a suspension. It's going to be who can keep their head the coolest. And what scares me is I don't think Smart can do that because you've seen him for years. Yeah. He is hot-tempered. That's what I love about him. But in a big key playoff matchup, can you – Go to the level of towing the line without crossing it. And I don't know if Marcus can do that. Yeah. So yeah. it will be interesting to see who does what and when it happens. Um, putting you on the spot now, what is the prediction you have for the series? I see it going six. Okay. Um, I truly see a Celtics-Bucks matchup um, and nothing less. It's what I've hoped for. It's what I still feel. It's the fanboy in me, so I can't take that away. Um, I do think we have enough depth, even without, um, even without Hayward. I still think we have depth, and uh, yeah, I, I'm taking Brad Stevens over anybody for coach. I just think he's a player's coach. He's he's very very good all around. Um, but I see Boston in six. Okay. All right. I mean, I think basketball-wise, it's going to be the best second-round series. Um, so now, I hate to bring this up because the game just finished. Let's talk about your Bruins. Um, you and I were both invested in the Bruins in this game. I, what, what happened in this game that we just watched? I'm just going to say one word. Hockey guard. gods are not with us. No. Um Defensively, we lack. Um, it's consistent turnovers on the defense. So you have Halak in that. Halak was the, it was the best backup goalie anybody could ever ask for this season. And yes, do you have the pressure of a starting goalie when you're the backup? No, you don't. Because if you lose the game, it's chalked up as a backup lost the game. But with Tuka Rask leaving and him taking full control of the team in net, I think he's capable of winning games, but when your defense can't clear a puck, when your defense turns it over, when your defense can't clear the crease, you can't expect a goalie to stand on his head for three periods in a playoff game. It doesn't work. You saw it last game where he gave up four goals. This game, I don't know if you watched it, but you had that fluke goal that ricocheted off of somebody and just fell into the net. 
but then the second goal of the game, he just completely whiffed on, and it should have never been a goal. Yep. Um, they're in a hole. They're in a big hole. Uh, as a betting guy, don't see them winning three in a row against the Tampa Bay Lightning. As a betting guy, I see them winning game five on Monday solely because, let's be honest, any sport it is, we see it all the time. An elimination game, a team gives everything. Exactly. And that's my concern is that they do so much in game five. What are they going to have left in game six? So, I mean, let's, let's play coach right here. You're reviewing the tape and everything. What would be the number one thing that they would have to do? Just do a better job clearing the puck, giving the goalie some assistance, or is like offensively? Do they do they think they need to do something? Offensively, and I hate to say it because I play hockey myself, and I hate when a fan yells "shoot the puck, shoot the puck." It's like, yeah, I'm on the ice. I know what I have to do, and that's shoot the puck. But if you look at the power plays today, they had a lot of open shot opportunities. But they try and make that one extra pass to get the goaltender moving in a different direction, and they couldn't connect on the pass. You're not going to score if you don't put the puck on net and get rebounds. Like, I get it. you got to get the goalie moving left or right or up and down to score goals, period. But if your extra passes are not connecting, shoot for a rebound. Yep. So if I'm the coach, it's we need to fire as many shots on net. I mean, I think they had anywhere from 30 to 33 shots today. But the physicality level needs to step up, and you can't continue to turn the ball over in the, or the puck over in the defensive zone. And you've got to be physical. Tampa's fast, and it's like we're skating in quicksand. The only way to slow down a fast team is hit them. Yep. And we're not doing any of that right now. Yep. So your prediction for the series is uh, 4-2 then? Yep. Okay. Oh, I hate to say that. Ugh. Yeah, this this game was rough. Uh, anything can happen in hockey. We know this. But as a betting person, I would say the Bruins do not get out of this series. But on the flip side, you come out and give it your all in game five. And then you win a one-goal game in game six. Here we are in a, you know, game sevens either way. But I think the bubble, the, the, the bubble, the bubble is destroying players. But you can't use that as an excuse because everybody is in the same environment. But somebody I do know personally on the Bruins, and I know his sister, and she said it's just putting a toll on these guys. Oh. Like they're away from their families. Like it's bad. And I mean, the thing is that all of us forget when we do talk about sports and watch sports is these people are just humans like all of us. They have wives, kids, moms, dads, you know, pets, you know, whatever. They. And they miss that stuff, too. I'm friends with a guy who works for the Heat, and he told me the same thing. Like, when the NBA strike happened, he legitimately told me he doesn't he didn't think the season was going to get restarted again. So I totally understand what you're saying. Um, now let's I, put, get it, I get it. I get it. Every, everybody, because the first excuse that you hear from a non-Bruins fan of a team that's winning is, well, everybody is in the same situation. Well, no, everybody is in a bubble together. But you don't know what's going on at home. You don't. You, if a guy's single with no kids, girlfriend, anything, he probably loves the bubble. Get to play hockey, and I'm in a different area. But if you do have family and kids and stuff like that, that that's number one, period. Yep, yep, you're going to miss that and everything. But you bring up an interesting point, and I said this, I think I tweeted it out about 
um, TJ Warren, who went through that hot streak. If he's doing so well in the bubble, what is he doing outside the bubble where he can't have those games? You know what I mean? Is he just more the locked pressure. in and focused? It yeah. kind of makes you think. You're hundred. You're so right. It's, you have the you have two ends of the spectrum. You have the guys that have too many distractions outside regular play, and the guys that are too close to family that can't be around it. I mean, it's it's really something, and it's going to be interesting to see with this COVID nineteen and everything. What's the plan for next year? I mean, I, I doubt they go back to the bubble just because of everything that we just talked about, but. I don't know if they want to play in empty stadiums at, you know, the Garden or Pfizer Forum or whatever stadium we're talking about. Um, let's put our Bruins GM hat on real quick. Um, you mentioned how starting goalie, and I'm going to butcher his name, Rask, he left the bubble. What are the Bruins doing this offseason in terms of the goalie position? So if it was truly family-related um, – a source had said that one of his daughters was not feeling well at all. And he recently had a newborn, I think in May. Uh, I could be 100% wrong on the month, but I believe it was May. Um, he had made comments after he lost one of the games in the round before that it's just not the same. He's like, no fans. He's like, you're just going out there trying to play. He, he, really, he really talked down on the experience of the NHL in the bubble, which is telling me his head wasn't there in the first place. And then a day later, he announces he's going home. If I'm a Bruins GM, Tuka's my guy, period. Um, yes, he lost game seven when we when the whole team didn't show up last season. Yes, he lost game six against the Blackhawks a couple a few Jesus, like five or six years back. He has had his downs, but he's also had his ups. So if it is truly family-related, I'm going to stick with him. Uh, we have Vlad, who was the number one AHL goalie this year. So we are stacked up with goalies. You still have Halak, who's coming out on his contract. But Tuba Rass has never been accepted in Boston. And I hate to say this, but Boston's been spoiled since the year 2000. 2001. Uh, it's championship after championship after championship to where if you don't win a championship or you have the cause, you are the cause of not winning a championship, you are going to be bashed on. The argument that I've had on my sports page before is you look at Hendrick Lundqvist, the goalie of the New York Rangers for years. He will go down as a Hall of Famer and Rangers fans love him. He's never won a cup. Neither has Tuka Raz. But in Boston, Tuca's never been fully supported by the fan base. Mm-hmm. I don't know the reason behind it. I don't know what it is. But when people were coming out just yelling that he had to give an explanation, if I'm Tuca, I don't got to tell you guys as fans why I left the bubble. You can't support me in the first place. and I'm always the first one you point a finger at. I'm going home for my family, and that's all you need to know. Yeah, yeah. Good point. Um, any other moves you think they'll make in the offseason? I mean, I don't want to Tory, eat. Go ahead. Tory Krug uh, has always been one of my favorite defensemen. Uh, he has shown a very huge lack of just emotion in these playoffs, which, again, I don't know if it's the bubble or what it is. But he is. 
we've been talking, or the Bruins have been talking back and forth about a contract with him that they haven't been able to to dial in. But he's looking for around eight million dollars. Is he an eight million dollar defenseman? No. Is there a team out there that will pay eight million dollars for him? Yes. Is he from Detroit? Yes. Does Detroit have that money? Yes. So it's going to come down to whether he wants to stay with us and contend for a cup over the next couple of years, or if he ends up leaving and going to uh, Detroit back to his hometown to where he can get eight million. Well, hey man, as a Red Wings fan, I can tell you we're we're only a couple of years away, man. Ah, oh, I forgot. <laughs> forgot. Oh, don't hate me for that. I mean, I'm still I'm still bitter over the fact we somehow did not win the draft lottery and got relegated to what the fourth pick now. So. Can I use can I use the word rigged? I mean, is that is that even fair to say? The fact that a team that was in the extended playoff format had an opportunity to get the number one draft pick was mind boggling. I don't think any of them no team in a playoff, extended playoff, COVID playoff, bubble playoff, whatever you want to call it, none of those teams should have been eligible for the number one pick. Period. Oh, I agree a hundred percent. Agree a hundred percent. And I don't like using the term rig, but I, I'm gonna use the term rig too. I mean, I think I think it was complete BS that we, the the uh, wings didn't get the top pick or or at least a top three pick. That's why I still go back. I wish all sports would do draft picks exactly like the NFL. If you finish dead last in a season, you will have the number one draft pick next season. Yep. Yep. There me too. No no lottery like I've never understood I don't get it I mean even when the Celtics had all those extra draft picks and they had the opportunity to get like the first second third pick for two years in a row it's like the Celtics were already a playoff team no matter what kind of trades happen like that shouldn't even be possible yeah I completely agree with you 100% 100% Brandon dude this was awesome, man. We talked NASCAR. We picked your brain about NASCAR, who you like tonight for the Daytona 500, what your betting strategy is. We talked about the Celtics Raptors, which I'm looking forward to. We talked about the Bruins, and you hear it here. Bruins are winning game five, so I'm sure it's going to be they're going to be plus money. Lock that bet in right now. Brandon and I both like it. Um, if it gets to the point where it's Bucks boston I'm a Bucks season ticket holder. You're a Celtics fan. We're definitely gonna. You and me are gonna be having a little, uh, little side wager on that bad boy. What do you think? I think it goes five, and the Bucks get it. Oh, I just don't. I, I don't think we we did not do what we needed to do before the trade deadline to bring in a center that can't Cantor can't match up with the Greek Freak. And is middle if Middleton is a hundred percent? I mean. It, <sighs> You go back to these other teams that LeBron has played on, and you used to be able to say, okay, shut down LeBron and make others score. You can't do that with the Bucks. They have outside scoring. So you can try and, or I'm sorry, shut everybody else down and let LeBron score. You can't do that with the Bucks Because yeah. the Greek Freak will put up 40 points regardless, and then Middleton will back him with another twenty to twenty-seven. And if you can't, if you can't stop that, I just don't think we did enough inside the paint to be able to compete. The fan on my side want to think, okay, you have an overall good squad in the Celtics, you can pull it off. But I don't see it going no more than maybe six. 
but the Bucks win it regardless. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, I mean, you put up a great point. I mean, I've been saying it for two years now. Cantor is like a lost puppy in the pick and roll. Yes. I, I, he just can't defend the pick and roll. When he was playing for Portland last year, and Portland was playing the Warriors, it got to the point he wasn't even on the court. They weren't even starting him because Curry was was just eating him alive. And I'm not saying that anyone in the Bucks is anywhere near as good as Curry is off the pick and roll, but you get that switch and, you know, Cantor just can't defend it. He's just not that good at it. So, I mean. So let me put you on the spot to end this. When the Celtics played the Bucks a few weeks back in the bubble, that charge that was called on Marcus Smart, or I'm sorry, the charge that was the blocking call that was called on Marcus Smart against the Greek Freak, was it a block or a charge? I know you know what I'm talking about. Oh, I know exactly the play you're talking about, and I'm just going to say I was on a date that night and didn't see the play. <laughs> I felt, and I'm going to say this, guys, for all you that are listening, and it's going to sound so fanboy, but I was like, the NBA is doing whatever they can to allow the Greek freak not to foul out of this game. I, I mean, like, I agree. I mean, it was a foul. And I kind of look at it like this, because like I said, I am, I go to, I have Buck season tickets. I go up there all the time because it's easier for me to go up there than down to the city for Chicago. But I just feel that when it comes to quote unquote superstars getting calls, that Giannis doesn't get as many calls as the other quote unquote superstars. And I mean, I, I guess that's my point. You know what I mean? I, do I agree? Was it a charge? Yeah, it was a charge. He should have fouled out, a hundred percent. Yeah. But I just think that you know, LeBron, Leonard, like those guys don't foul out and don't have as many call calls on them as the other as uh, Giannis does. So I guess that's my counter argument, as weak as it sounds. So, but speaking of officiating, I felt besides that call. And especially, like, in the playoffs, it's been kind of down the middle. There's not really been the fans there and everything to, to sway it that much in, during, during the actual playoff games. I absolutely agree with you. And I look, at, I look at hockey more than any sport when you discuss that because if a guy falls on the ice and the fans go crazy, normally the whistle's blown immediately. But I will say this on the flip side, I've seen a lot of overcalls that you normally don't see with crowd involved. I mean, the amount of penalties, I think, is up an astronomical percent in the NHL compared to uh, when they were having fans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Brandon, this has been great. Thanks for coming on. You're always a great, uh, great person to have on. Wealth and knowledge when it comes to Boston sports and NASCAR. Thanks again for coming on. Why don't you remind everyone where they can uh, catch your next iRace on? Yeah, next uh, Wednesday night at 8 o'clock on LSR TV on YouTube and Facebook or my Twitch stream, which is always on a weekly basis. I'm always racing on Boston Boy 83. Uh, so any of the followers would be amazing. And uh, go follow Swag, Raps, and Graphics, the guy that has actually brought me in and sponsored me for iRacing. So if you guys could do that, that'd be great. And off the post, Boston Sports on Instagram. Awesome, man. Guys, make sure you follow him. He's a great follow, and uh, thanks for coming on again. Thanks, bud. Have a good day. So thanks for Brandon for coming on. Guys, I'm telling you, I watched one of his iRacing, 
if you guys haven't watched it, make sure you watch it. It is great. It is fun. It is entertaining. Make sure you guys watch that out on the Wednesday. Um, so that's the show for today. Thanks for tuning in. We have a loaded day of sports. Tigers play hit. We lost our Bruins, unfortunately. We're on the Tigers game two, which I just sent out. We have a loaded day of UFC, loaded day of NASCAR. We got some hockey plays. We got some basketball plays. Loaded day, guys. Make sure you check out my page. All plays are posted there free. Next week, I'm supposed to be going on the That's What G Said podcast. Talk a little NBA basketball with Gino Bacala, which I always look forward to. On Monday show of next week, Shy from All Eyes Sports. Her and I are going to be talking about what the Pacers, Sixers, Blazers, and maybe Nuggets, if they lose, can be doing this offseason. So, you know, I'll be talking a lot more NBA next week. So, you know, make sure you guys check out that. I'll be tweeting and Instagramming all the links to that. Thanks for tuning in. Stay safe, stay well, and please wear your mask and be kind to each other.